There was a picket of 60 people or more at Ferrer Engineering at Tingalpa yesterday. The picket blocked a, a driveway into the engineering plant which makes a special part or an adapter that enables F-35 planes to drop bunker buster bombs on people in Gaza. There is a direct complicity of this engineering company with the genocide that is currently underway. The company itself and its surrounds was protected by a very strong force of Queensland police officers. There were always at least about 30 or 40 police present and there were a number of up to 10 police vehicles of various types. Also, there were a number of local residents, uh, three or four in number, who were there to harass the people conducting the blockade at their driveway. One large truck did pull up and waited for some time, but then left. Um, So it, it was impossible for any deliveries to be made to the plant for three hours from 8 till 11 because of the blockade of the driveway. A social worker by the name of Lisa Bridal made a, a call upon people not to look away, that is, to keep up the fight against this genocide and to um, shut down this engineering company. She also called on police to not turn up anymore and protect this um, making of this particular weapon. So let's go to that speech now. So my name is Lisa Bridal. I am a social worker and disability advocate over the past um, three decades. And I'm also the mother of three children. And I guess I want to speak today about things that are in our hearts and in our minds and really bear witness to the victims of this genocide. So I, it won't be anything that is not new to you. We are here because we have heard the atrocities um, coming across our social media feed. But I really kind of want to um, slow down and honour and remember exactly the depth of depravity which is being unleashed on innocent civilians in Gaza. So as a mother, Um, And I want to say, you don't have to be a mother, you just have to be a human being, but it is the lens through which I see um, this. I cannot but be heartbroken when I see fathers desperately searching under rubble for their children, carrying their preschoolers to um, their mutilated preschoolers who are missing limbs and bleeding to death trying to desperately find a still open, still functioning kind of hospital for them to be treated. To see mothers writing their children's names on their small bodies and telling them that they, it's okay because if they die, they will die together. So I am imagining now all of those parents who are impacted by the ridiculous and uh, vindictive um, withdrawal of aid support to civilians through Israeli lives and the babies who will st- babies and children and teenagers and grandparents who will starve to death 
or miss out on um, life-saving medical treatment because of that decision. Shame on you and the Australian government for supporting those lies. Shame! And I can't help but be heartbroken and despairing of the images of shell-shocked children who are looking around for a known adult and who are slowly coming to terms with the fact that everyone they knew who protected them is gone. The depth of this suffering makes it really easy to look away, but, and the cost of witnessing this is actually um, not insignificant to us. But when the world looks away, I have decided, we have decided not to look away. We will not, we must not look away, and we must fight. My children are now adults, um, but when my uh, second child was born, he was very desperately ill and spent time in the ICU. And in the early, even in the early days of the onslaught on Gaza, the story started emerging of the babies who died because their incubators were turned off due to loss of power and the bombing of hospitals. Shame. And I cannot get out of my thoughts just the desperation that those parents must have felt. Every parent of a child who has been desperately ill knows the racing heart, the tightness in your chest, the absolute sense of panic that you will lose your child. And to know that these children were lost, not because they succumbed due to their medical impairment, but because Nat Netanyahu and his ilk wanted those children to die, wanted them to die, plotted their death, and that this, these deaths were supported by most of the Western world. It is unspeakably cruel, and yes, it is shameful. And then we turn to those who may, and I say may, survive this genocide. All of those who have lost limbs, they've lost their hearing, they've lost their sight, their mental well-being will be permanently impacted their nights will be full of terror. As a disability activist and as someone who supported my own parent through an amputation, I know that while it is possible to live well with lifelong disability, it is far from easy. It is something where they, those people will now have even more insurmountable obstacles in their life. So even in a country like Australia, where we have access to good medical care, um, where we have access to equipment, supports through the NDIS, and you know legislation which kind of almost ensures access into buildings, we know that the issues of disability are not easily resolved. So I'm thinking of all those who will live with phantom pain, the missing limbs for the rest of their life. The, the um, injuries and the wounds from, from ill-fitting prosthetics, equipment breakdowns, environmental barriers, impacted employment, and all of this disadvantage, which again is deliberately inflicted in our name. And is absolutely linked to what is happening here 
um, at Pharaoh. So these weapons, this mutilation, this uh, deliberate disablement cannot happen without the cooperation of companies, the complete complicity of companies like Pharaoh. And I want to turn our attention now to the police and their dirty business of, gov of guarding this company. The impact on innocent civilians in Gaza is astronomical. It is unconscionable. So I ask you to actually please search your consciences. Leave your job. Kind of call in sick the next time you're asked to do the dirty business of Vera and our government. Is it really worth the cost to your soul to know that your work is deliberately and um, inextricably linked to the assault on children in Gaza? I don't think so. So if you want to be part of the slaughter of innocents, keep doing this work. And if you don't, just don't turn up. So I remind us of the cost and the, and the impact on innocent people in Gaza, not because I want us to feel hopeless or overwhelmed, but to remind us of the absolute urgency and the righteousness of our cause. I want to appeal to everyone to keep up the fight. And I know because I'm old and I've been around in lots of other movements, that it's actually pretty hard to sustain a movement over time. And that's kind of what the, the government is also um, expecting that this will go away, it won't have any consequences for them, but we can't turn away, we can't numb ourselves from the horror. So stick together, support each other, let's have the courage to keep being brave, to keep sharing the truth, to keep fighting with all of the will and determination that the Palestinians are showing now just to survive. We must not, we will not look away. We will fight until Palestine is free. Free, free Palestine! Two days ago, Israeli special forces dressed as doctors, Palestinian doctors, nurses, and as one as a disabled person, invaded a hospital on the West Bank and executed a number of Palestinians. So let's go now to Mustafa Baguti, who describes this instant incident. The first crime was to invade the hospital disguised as doctors, nurses, and even one of them disguised as a disabled man in a wheelchair. Second, they entered the hospital and uh, executed people in hospital beds. These people did not have a due legal process, yet Israel is assassinating people left and right, not only in this hospital, but everywhere. At least 380 Palestinian civilians have been executed on the West Bank since the 7th of October. Okay, to close out this podcast, let's go to a spoken word Palestinian poet, Hanin, to an address that she made at the 21st of January Justice for Palestine McGanchin rally in Queen's Park. Language is a powerful tool, so I hope to use mine wisely. I hope my words bear meaning, movement and truth. Every word of this speech has been selected, so may my tongue do my pen justice, because violence is not my language. 
You see, unity is lethal in the same way fragrance burns the throat. There are strangers here I've known from a distance and it's a freedom fight that connects us. We all hear the news, you all know what's happening and it makes you angry. There are people being massacred and disregarded for the color of their skin and the resistance of their hands. But oppression and volume were never meant to go together. Unity is lethal in the same way a violin can break glass. I say glass because we can all see through this. The news reporter lies, the government lies, and the scary man with a wig lies. Or someone shuffled his papers. The reason we are angry is because we're the only ones not falling for it. And for what it's worth, you should, f you should feel proud of yourself for that. In a world where deceitful people wear suits, you have challenged their fabric. Before we walk today, I want you to remember what you shout for. There are grandparents who have outlived their grandchildren. There is a mother who will see shoes her child will never walk in again. There is a father who holds a blanket, the last thing his child has touched. There are siblings who will forever walk this world without the other. And there are nurses and doctors who have delivered babies that are born into the title orphan. There are men, there are women, and there are children fighting for peace they have never even felt. This isn't just a protest, it's a demand. I was always told that we have two ears and one mouth so that we listen more than we speak. But when our ears have been filled with the cries of children and our eyes have seen pain in others, then it becomes our tongue's greatest honor to speak.